Welcome to Hack the Interview. We're your hosts. I'm Adrian, And I'm Laureen. We're sisters, recruiters, and business partners with the Atlas Group, an organization that helps to diversify the talent pool for tech teams using data, all while helping job seekers navigate the entire job search process. So today we're speaking with Jermaine J. Suggs. Jay has an extensive professional sales and business development background and 20 years of progressive experience building robust, lasting partnerships. Jay currently serves as the Global Director of Diversity and Inclusion for Johnson Controls, a Fortune 100 building technology company. Additionally, he is the CEO and founder of Success Consulting, which provides impactful inclusion strategies, executive coaching, and sales training to for and nonprofit organizations. Jay's expertise is in leading and cultivating inclusive team development, coaching, and strategic planning. He has extensive experience in developing and implementing creative DEI strategies for leadership accountability and employee engagement. Jay is passionate and committed to champion change throughout an organization on all levels by leveraging his interpersonal and communication skills He is skilled at building relationships and communicates inclusion in an inspirational way that resonates with the listener, no matter his or her ethnicity or background. Jay studied global communication and media at Ramapo College in Mawa, New Jersey. Born and raised in Newark, New Jersey, Jay's ability to see a solution in every challenge is attributed to his humble beginnings. He was raised by his grandmother, who taught him at an early age that we are all connected by a common thread, which is humanity. His personal mantra for life is, be relentless in all that you do, and you will always increase your odds to win. So, Jay, welcome. Thank uh, you. Yeah, nice. What, a, what an intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I feel so special. Thank you. <laughs> you should. We're so lucky to have you. Uh, we're the special ones, I guess. Um, for, you know, just tell us more about yourself. Tell us where you're from and a little bit about your background. Oh, absolutely. Well, my name is Jermaine Suggs. Everybody calls me Jay. As, as you said in the intro, I was born and raised in the city of Newark. Uh, raised by my by my grandmother, um, you know, just a little background on my personal side. You know, mother struggled with her demons. Father wasn't in the picture. Uh, my sister and I were in the children aid service uh, system for about four months until my grandmother found us. So she essentially essentially saved our lives. Uh, I know everyone in the audience is probably like, "Wow, he's 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 going real deep." But there, there's a method to why I'm sharing that with everyone. Also. Uh, I started my sales career uh, for the Newhouse organization, which own, owns Metropolitan Newspaper in New Jersey called the Star Ledger. And that's when I hold my skills and my ability to cultivate and prospect. Um, I've been working with Johnson Controls a little over nine years, uh, started in sales in 2012, uh, started in sales leadership in 2016 for the New York City metro market by way of New Jersey, as well as Philadelphia. And in 2020, I became the global director of diversity and inclusion for Johnson Controls, which I really feel is a purposely driven role. Uh, to say all that is to say that your career is a continuous journey. Uh, you have to be agile. You have to be flexible. And I never foresaw myself in this role that I'm in now. Uh, when I started in sales, I, I thought that was the end all to be all. Uh, and the thing about sales that I love is that it doesn't matter your ethnicity or your background as long as you produce, you're validated. 
Uh, so it was always a, a community and a camaraderie and compassion of a profession that that spoke to me. Uh, so currently, uh, what we're doing is champion change and 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 trying to create a greater sense of belonging uh, for every employee. Mm, that's beautiful, um, and I, I love your story and how it relates back to the your personal mantra: "Be relentless in all that you do, uh, and you will always increase your odds to win." And you know, in uh, careers, you know, people talk about you know you're in, and maybe this is the old school way of thinking: is that you kind of choose a a path and you stick that path. But you've gone um, and, and done different roles. So, is there like a through line for you, or or how did you end up getting like to where you are today? How does someone in sales end up, you know, doing change in such a big way at a Fortune 100 company? I think I, I would like to attribute to the word grace. And what I mean by grace is, is that everything is fluent. Nothing is linear. And when you come from a place of openness, um, it allows opportunities to come your way. But here's something that's very, very important. There is no one on the planet that's designed like you. You are your niche. Uh, your personal brand is an extension of who you are. What you do to make your efforts visible is seen by every individual. My grandmother always used to say, you're always on stage. And what I would say is you navigate through your career. You, I always love this word. You have to be agile because what you think you're going to be and what you're going to become is two different things. Experiences change you. Uh, marketplaces change uh, there's always uh, things that are continuously changing, which means you have to adapt and you also have to adjust what you consider the goal to be. And what I would also say is that, you know, in the early stages of my career, I chased the check. I'm not going to even lie. I chased the check. If, if you were going to give me 8% more than what I was making, I was chasing. But what I realized was is that you can only change you or you could change the environment. But if you don't change your habits, the only thing that changes is the name of the building outside the building you go to. So what I mean by that is, is that don't chase the check, you chase the opportunity. And the opportunity is not just the title, but what can this role do that will challenge you, right? Get comfortable being uncomfortable because on the other side of that is always growth. Yeah, I'm just thinking about that right now and just the climate that we've been living in since COVID, you know, and um, the development of technology. So many jobs are changing and shifting and people having to repivot. Uh, what, what are some of the, the tools and tips that you have for someone that's like in a similar situation where you are? I'm hearing agile is like super important. Well, I think it's very important to know who you are. Right. And what I mean by that is, is that you have to hone in on that genese qua, that swag, that flow, that special thing that makes you you. Right. And then you have to envision how can I use that and apply that to the company that I'm looking for, the company that I want to work for. I think when we get into this whole interview dialogue, uh, there's a there's a tone of desperation sometimes based on if you're highly in demand. Right. And you just really, really want the job. But keep this in mind, you have something to offer as well. So you also want to look for organizations that can take your skills and apply that. But you have to advocate for yourself. Now, advocating is not just going on job postings. It's not just applying for jobs, going on Indeed, right, and doing a slew of uh, 
uh, submittals in regards to applications and then just sit there and wait and close your eyes and click your heels and think something's going to happen. No, you got to go beyond that. You're looking at a company that you want to join. Go on LinkedIn, find out who the vice president is or who the hiring manager is. Send a special note, DM them, let them know who you are. Do an introduction. Tell them how excited you are about the job opportunity that you saw on their website and you would love to have some minute, a few minutes of their time. Not for the interview, but just to get their insights, right? I would love five minutes of your time. Um, don't know if I'll be called for this interview, but I just want to get some insights on, you know, why do you work there and what's some of the best approaches and practices you've seen with the organization? You got to step out of yourself. You have to. Uh, I believe there's two forms of employees. You got trailblazers and then you just have worker bees, right? And we all need worker bees. These are individuals who just want to work their nine to five and that's it. But trailblazers are the ones that redefine the roles, right? They, 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 they see the position that they want and they say, you know what, how do I incorporate myself into that? And then they blaze the trail and make it happen. That's amazing. So it's really about like really the self-identifying of like who who are you as a person looking Absolutely. at the opportunities and identifying the ones that are based off of your val- our, our values, right? Which ones exactly. are aligning and then going after it and, and having those conversations and connecting with people and making connections um, it, versus kind of like the, the posting it, and praying. Yeah, it's like matchmaking. Think about it though, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Not every company is going to be a cultural fit for you, but you have to look inward and have self-awareness to be able to say that to yourself, right? There's a thin line between desperation and finding the right fit. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand we're in a climate where individuals are looking for jobs, and sometimes the scenario is you just got to take a job, right? But here's something in mind, though. If you just take a job, then that is a short-term result that'll give you the outcome that you need. But if you're looking for a cultural fit, you could plant seeds that can grow boundlessly if you really think about it. That's amazing. So what about when someone's like in an in, an actual interview process, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talk to candidates all the time where, you know, sometimes they even lose sense of themselves um, yeah. because they just want to accept the job. So in terms of that mindset of advocating for individuals in the job search process, do you have any like tips or ways of thinking that people can start feeling a little bit more um, connected to themselves and advocate for themselves or maybe questions that they could ask in the process that could help them? Well, I I think it's all about your worth and how you perceive it about yourself, right? Um, Every job in every position I've ever had, I envisioned myself in it and I told myself why I should be in it. And as I that resonated with me and I recited those words to myself, like I can be the sell, best sales professional in this position because I have great interpersonal skills. What happens is, is that exudes in the interview. They start to feel that. Right. My grandmother always used to say conviction is contagious. Right. The tonality for mannerisms when you're in this interview. It's not about pitching yourself. It is about helping the interviewer understand, can they see you in this role? Right. Because if you really think about it, the resume is just a baseline. It just gives uh, fundamentals and dates and things of that nature. But that energy is what connects everything. And I think storytelling is the best way to connect that. I also think questions is the best way to uh, to establish that. I am in a lot of interviews with candidates. and, And to me, this is the million dollar question. And this is their time to shine. Do you have any questions? And when candidates say to me, no, I'm good. 
I go, wow, they just dropped the ball. They just missed that. I just gave, <laughs> I just gave you a lifeline. That was when you could have right then and there told me and showed me and helped me feel who you are. And we don't do that enough in interviews, I believe, because I think we have a challenge of our self-worth. And listen, I'm not saying that your self-worth is tied to a position or what you do, but it really matters of what you think of yourself and what you think you deserve. Why don't you deserve this position? Why don't you deserve that compensation or the opportunity? You have to believe it. I notice when candidates are in interviews, they're very, very nervous. You know why? Because they don't believe they should be there. You got to believe that you belong there just as, just as much as anyone else. Totally agree with that. Totally agree. Um, and, and what about, you know, you people, you know, they're feeling this confidence, this, okay, I belong here. Um, and then they get into the role. So it's now we're into post-interview. Um, yeah. we're, they're in the job for six months. What advice do you yeah. have for them when they're, when they're in the role now? Your job description is a starting point. It is not a prison sentence. And what I mean by that is there are individuals that start positions. And this is like a pet peeve of mine in business when they say, well, it's not in my job description. Well, any job that you you have, you have to redefine the role. You take yourself, your superpowers, what makes you special, and you infuse it into that role. The best candidates I've seen that have thrived in, in new roles are the ones where I go, wow, I didn't even know that role can produce that. I wasn't even thinking about how you're approaching and bringing this to market when we put this when we put this job posting out. You took this role and you made it your own. So I would say when you are in a job for the six months to a year, don't look at the, the job description as the holy grail. Redefine it. We believe the stories that we tell ourselves, rewrite the narrative, help that company understand that what you bring to the table, what you bring to the table is what is changing everything and championing through those things. Jay, I love so much. I'm like literally like writing down notes. I'm like, you have such nuggets. Of... <laughs> I remember seeing listen, you on listen, LinkedIn. I, I, I've, I've failed a lot, so... <laughs> I failed a lot. Like, I, I wish I could tell you I was born this way, but I failed a lot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, what, what questions should professionals be asking themselves along, along their journey? Like, I mean, I feel like you've already answered this in so many different ways, but just yeah. kind of helping people to, to, to get that, um, that mindset set, you know? So in the beginning, when you when we when we first started, right, I, I told people, you know, some 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 personal stuff about me, right? Grandmother raised me, mother struggled with her demons, uh, my sister and I was in the systems, right? So the audience might go, wow, TMI, why is this man sharing all his business? Well, this is my point. We are all governed by five factors: family, environment, community, adversity in every sense of the word, and experiences, right? So when you're going through this interview process or you're trying to search for a job and you're down and out and you're feeling in a way that you feel like you can't measure up or you just can't find the right fit, I can guarantee you, if you close your eyes for a second and you think about the hardest time in your life personally, where you was with you were enthralled in struggle, you didn't even know how you were going to make it to the other side, but somehow, some way you did it and you made it through, 
that's who you are. The job, the positions, the, the, the jobs we apply for, they're just a catalyst to get you to each level. But you are the magic. The person is the magic. Everyone is stronger when they deal with adversity. So when I shared that story, it was to give the audience an idea of understanding where I come from. I'm relentless. I don't give up. I come from a neighborhood where, you know, you, 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 your only option is to strive or is to thrive, is to persevere. So when people are in this job market, you got to think of it the same way. You got to treat yourself like a rare commodity because nobody else will. Nobody else will. You got to invest in your your training. You got to invest in yourself. One of my other pet peeves in business is when employees say, there's not enough training. Well, listen, you got the World Wide Web. You can find training on YouTube. Invest in yourself. No one's going to advocate for you more than yourself. That's so true. I always say a closed mouth doesn't get fed. Absolutely. I love that saying, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Yeah. And, and I love scared money don't make money. Yep. <laughs> so, invest, so invest in yourself. You That's right. That's right. You gotta invest in and, and Jay, you know, you're the global director of diversity and inclusion. And, you know, we're hearing a lot more about DEI recently. How did you get into DEI and, and what does it mean to you? Well, um, I, I would say there's no accidents in life, right? This this role that I'm currently in is is been the most rewarding and hardest <laughs> role I've ever had in my career. Um, I I you know I, I'll tell the story. I I I was in sales. I was a sales leader, and I was going to move forward into a vice president sales position with another company. And this is why I, I want the audience to understand that your brand. And what people perceive you as what you bring to the table is everything. So I was going to move forward and, and join another company. But all of a sudden, something magically started happening, something miraculously. All these leaders that I've had interactions with and worked with for a lot of years started advocating for me. We can't lose Jay. We can't lose Jay. So this opportunity came about to lead DNI. And, um, you know, I'm not an ex. I wasn't an expert in the space, but I was an expert in being an inclusive leader. Right. I had some of the most diverse teams ever uh, in, in the East Coast. And that was a choice because I know what it is to be like the only one in the team. So for me, when the leaders ask me, you know, how do I create more inclusion or, or be diverse? I say, well, look at your team. And if everything seems the same, then just change it. Because if you look at it like this, if we think about business, if you have the same team with the same single narrative, you only have one way of achieving your goals. But if you have a diverse team from different experiences, point of views and strengths, you have a multitude of superpowers to get you there. So my goal every day is to create a stronger sense of belonging for all employees at Johnson Controls, no matter their ethnicity, their background, their gender, or what they identify as. Imagine showing up each and every day as your full authentic self, because it's got to be exhausting eight hours a day to pretend to be someone that you're not. But imagine if you worked in an environment that fully embraced your uniqueness, your creativity, your individuality. Imagine how much productivity you would get done. Imagine how that employee would thrive. So that's what inclusion is. Diversity is the what, the inclusion is the how. Community, camaraderie, compassion. That's what I believe in. Jay, that's amazing. I just think about too, like the amount of energy that it even takes to not be yourself. The energy exactly. it takes to hide. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, we struggle, we all struggle with imposter syndrome, right? Um, 
when I first took this role, a mentor of mine, John Haynes, had said to me, I, you know, I took the role and listen, I took the role right during the, the George Floyd uh, tragedy. And that was like a rough week. Right. So, listen, we, we cannot act like that. The external challenges of what's happening in the world does not affect our affect employees or people. Right. You got senseless violence. You got social injustice. You got hate. Right. And, you know, I, I was at a pivotal point where I was like, wow, you know, I could be a sales leader, right? You give me a target, we go after it, but this is a different type of, 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 of movement. And I remember John saying to me, you weren't qualified for this role, Jay, you were chosen. And that has always stayed with me. So I want to go back to the audience and let you know, you're not qualified for the roles that you're trying to apply for, that you're, that you're trying to fill, you're chosen. So everything that you do is a gift. It's your decision if you're going to open it or not. Right. And that code switching that we were talking about earlier, yeah, that's, you know, basically having to pretend or be someone else at work because right. you feel like you can't be yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we, we, we talked a little bit about this, like some of the questions that you ask and, and have those those team leaders look. But how do you go about building teams and creating environments that actually are inclusive? Like what are the what are the steps there? I think the first thing you got to do, you have to assess what's already there, right? You you have to assess what's there. And sometimes you have to, you know, you have to do what's not familiar. And that's not an easy thing because a lot of us have our own biases. Uh, it can even be the marketplace. It could be the industry. But it, it's as simple as this. You always have to just do different, right? Um, I always tell this story because uh, she, she's probably one of um, one of one of the sales professionals I'm proud of. Uh, her name was Jennifer. And I'll never forget. She came in and she did her interview and um, she was very she was an introvert, but she had a PowerPoint presentation and said, Jay, Jay Johnson controls and why Jennifer? That's what pretty much it said. I was blown away just for the fact that she did a PowerPoint for their interview. I was I was blown away. And I remember after the interview, the leaders were like, I was like, what do you think? I think she was awesome. And the leaders say, well, you know, she seemed timid. She's an introvert. We're, we have an aggressive team. She won't make it. And I remember right then and there, I made a pivotal decision not to do what's familiar. And I said, that's why we need her, because we got a bunch of barracudas on our team and we need somebody with this poise and this composure. We need something different. That's what inclusion is when you're building your team. You can't have the same model. You got to do something different. And by the way, she blew out her number the first year. She blew out her number the second year and she got promoted since then. And I'm glad because I had the courage to say, you know what? I'm going to do what's different. I love that. And how is that measured? So you go and you're helping leaders, um, you know, have a much more inclusive environment. Um, but yeah, how is that measured from from start to finish? Well, and maybe it, it's never finishing, right? Maybe it's an it's it's a it's a continuous journey, but right. you got to hold you have to hold leaders accountable. Um, you have to establish uh, metrics that what does good look like, right? Um, I believe that in order to drive a very diverse workforce, inclusion always has to be the engine. Right. So when you hold leaders accountable in regards to, OK, you want to let's say you want to increase the woman population or you want to increase the minority population, you're having courageous conversations about how do we go about that? It's not linear. It's it, it's not 
It's not a PowerPoint. It's not, you know, inclusion is not extra work. It's how you work. So you have to have very intentional and deliberate conversations with these leaders in regards to their market, because markets are different. Every market is different. And we have to talk about and assess what they currently have. And then you have to get real granular saying, okay, let's look at your team. Let's look at, you know, where you're at. Now, let's keep in mind, the basis is you always want to hire the right candidate for the right role. But let's keep in mind that it's not just about what someone looks like or their gender. It's also their experiences that's inclusive, right? Uh, you can have a 20-year veteran on your team, and then you can also have a, a, a first-year uh, professional on your team. So it's all about the lenses and how you calibrate that so it can be a happy uh, a balance, so to speak. Mm. Jay, I remember when we connected, uh, I think it was like a month ago, um, yeah. and you had talked about, I remember you mentioned about doing a meeting with someone on the team and things weren't going right. And, and then, you know, you, you were able to call them or ask them like, what's really going on or what's happening. And, and it shifted the entire, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I think I, I just had a meeting the other day and I, and I said that, you know, when leaders and managers are having these meetings, I, you know, it's not an integration on like law and order. The first thing you need to do, and it's pretty simple and it's very powerful. Um, how are you doing? Right. And how can I help you? And when you ask those, when you ask those two powerful, engaging questions, it'll amaze you the feedback and the answers that you get. And it'll actually guide you on the best approach or how to deal with that 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 meeting um you know we're 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 all living in in a in a pandemic era everybody life was shifted this was unforeseen um it is naive to think that everybody's okay because not everybody's not okay but we need to be able to say listen it's okay if you're not okay but i need to understand what it is i can do to help and we don't do that enough and we have to do that enough we have to lead from kind we have to be there for people. We have to practice empathy, right? It's so important to, to understand or doesn't mean you have the answer, but just to listen. Sometimes people just want to, to, to vent and get things off their chest where they can feel like they're being heard. I always tell people there's a difference between venting and complaining. When you complain, you dwell. When you dwell, you get stuck. When you get stuck, you no longer allow yourself to be creative and resourceful. But when you vent, it's like a natural reflex. You get it off your chest, but then you circle it back with a solution. So I think as leaders, we, we have to give our employees the opportunity to tell us what's really going on. And we got to listen. Have to listen. <laughs> and we got to listen. Yeah, I really like that. And Jay, has there ever been a situation where you're working with a client and they maybe are saying all the write things up front, but when you actually go in and try to create some of that change, they actually are stuck. Do you ever turn any clients down or say, hey, I actually, I, I can't help you? Um, I would say that, you know, in this past year, um, I've been doing some amazing work with a nonprofit that's really near and dear to my heart. And the reason why I decided to work with them is because they were very honest in saying, Jay, we just don't know what to do. Right. And to me, that's half the battle when you're fully, fully aware. But then I've had potential clients where, um, you know, I don't believe tragedy is an icebreaker. And what I mean by that is, is in, in the, the DNI uh, space, there's so many approaches to educate and to build awareness. I just believe 
I, I consider myself a belonging and inclusion leader. I, I, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not circle around task force. So when, when I'm asked to be a part of a task force, I usually decline because I really want to get into changing the hearts and minds of individuals as opposed to uh, talking about what's already heavy that we're already aware of. I want to talk about how we can build each other up and be there for each other. Not to say those approaches are not necessary in different um, different, uh, different phases, different stages, and different audiences, but I believe, strongly believe in belonging. I want everyone to feel like they belong and they're a part of something larger than themselves. So, you know, when you make those decisions of not going with a client or not, it's really about what's at your core competences, what's your moral compass, what matters to you. And to me right now, it's about helping people win, no matter where they're from or who they are, where, you know, their experiences or their ethnicity or their gender. I want everybody to win. Now, winning looks different for everybody else differently because of their backgrounds, but I want them to have that sense of belonging. And I think, listen, it's a shared responsibility we all got to be accountable for. We all have to be accountable for Mm, yeah, it just—it's so nice to just have such like a human approach to uh, business, right? Like, uh, I mean, I just know for me, like working in, in with different businesses from you know 15, 20 years ago, it's it's changing, and it's it's nice to have such more of like a human approach. It seems. I always say we don't need micromanagers; we need human managers. Mm-hmm. Always, we need human managers. Yeah. So, Jay, are there any tips or additional words of wisdom that you'd like to leave our audience with? Oh, absolutely. I, I would say to anyone that is is in, in quest or, or in a quest for a new position or they're in a company where they want to elevate where they are, I want you to strongly consider working on your brand and what that means. It, it's not about you, but it's about serving. Because on the other side of service, is where I believe the magic happens. When I was a rep uh, back in the day, I was egotistical. I was your typical A-type rep, right? I, I was greedy. I was selfish. And, you know, I, kept, I, hit, a, I hit a brick wall when I started to feel like I, I, wasn't, I wasn't where I thought I needed to be. And that's when the shift happened, when I started really to help and serve customers. And then all these beautiful things started to happen for me. So what I would say... To, to the audience out there is that serving is the catalyst for change. It's the catalyst for change if you serve. And don't worry about the check. Don't worry about the power and the title. If you serve, things will happen. They will fall in place. I assure you of that. In fact, I'm living proof of it. Mm, that's so beautiful. I, I can even think in our business with uh, Lorraine and I, just the different things where we're serving and it's the opportunities that's come from it. The um, also just internal feeling of good. And then the yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, but then you end up getting these things that you're not even looking for or trying to get. It's just natural part of the, the process. Listen, I, I, you know, I believe in defying the odds. And I will also say this too. If, if you see a job or a position that you envision yourself in, and I always, I always say to candidates, uh, when you saw this job posting, what did you think? And some candidates would say, oh, man, I really saw myself in this role. So if you see yourself in this role, right, do what you have to do to put yourself in a position to be in front of the person that makes that decision for you to be in a role. It's not about applying, right? There's so many ways that you can be creative and approach a position 
for you to be aligned with it. There's so many ways. I like to say you put it out in the universe, you can put it out in the universe. If you believe that role is for you, you can figure a way to get in front of the person that makes that decision. And here's the thing. Even if you don't get it, at least they know who you are. Every interview is an opportunity for you to, to, to be reintroduced to that company that you're interested in. This company that I work for, it was myself and my good friend, Dawn Johnson. We interviewed for the same sales role. They hired her. They hired me a year later. But they remembered me from the interview. No yeah. idea. Yeah, you never know. (laughs) And so, Jay, speaking of like roles and openings, do you have any roles or openings on your team that you want to let our listeners know about? Well, right now, I would just say Johnson Controls in the whole, we're we're hiring. We're hiring in in, in every facet of our businesses, HVAC, digital, fire, life, safety, uh, sprinkler, field personnel, sales professionals, just go on LinkedIn and you can find it or you can tag me and uh, let, let's start having some conversations. But we are hiring. <laughs> Amazing. And what's the best way for our audience to connect with you? I would, uh, you LinkedIn, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, success experience on LinkedIn. Uh, you just look up Jay Suggs or Jermaine J. Suggs and you can find me. Uh, I'm always here. If you want to DM me, you could DM me on LinkedIn and, and I will do my best to navigate and route you in the right direction. Amazing. Thanks for being such uh, an accessible resource. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, and I also love all the uh, posts that you post on LinkedIn. Very inspirational. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is an awesome platform. Um, I wish we had this when I, back in my day. <laughs> so. I know. <laughs> uh, so, Jay, I've got some rapid fire questions for you before we're done. Are you ready? Uh-oh. All right. Here we go. All right. <laughs> <Top of mind. laughs> I didn't practice for these, but okay. You can't practice for these. <laughs> okay. You're asking, like, go. are you ready? Like, if he said no, we still wouldn't ask them. No, you, you wouldn't. <laughs> I said, no, you, okay, we're still asking. Like, well. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right. If you could be any animal, what would you be and why? Lion. Uh, their presence. When they're on the grounds, when they're on the mountain, you know it's a lion. You're not second guessing. You're not questioning. You know the lion. You know what it represents. And it's strength. So lion. Love it. Great. Um, in terms of a song, what's the first song that pops into your mind right now? And can you sing a little bit or share the a lyric? Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 you got me on that one. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, man. Shawn Mendes. Uh, nothing holding me back. I don't know why it's on my nice. mind. Uh, how does it go? Uh, I want to follow where she goes. That's it. That's it. Nice. I'm not doing nothing nothing else. I got a reputation lady. I'm not doing nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask me why that came into my mind. It was heavy on my mind. If someone asked me that question on a podcast and mine was, ooh, baby, baby. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know why that song is in my head right now. I have no idea why I'm thinking about Shawn Mendes right now. I had a really embarrassing one. Someone asked me that, and I said the Itsy Bitsy Spider. And it was because oh, wow. I'm looking at my window. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. The reason I think that came up is because I like where my computer is, there's a window right here, and there's a small okay. little spider that like lives in the corner. 
So I think it was, it was symbolic. It was symbolic. Yeah, I think it was some, thank you for helping. <laughs> thank you for making not, me feel I'll, better about that because. It's a little, it, listen, it's still, it's still weird, but it was symbolic. It's so, it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay, your favorite season? Fall, fall, flare up, wear a nice little turtleneck, nice little light jacket. I'm in. Yes. Nice. Love it. And then if aliens will landed on earth tomorrow and they offer to take you home with them, would you go? No. <laughs> no, no mini aliens. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like, where are you, where are we going? Alien mall? Like, where are we going? I want to know where are we going? And are, these, are these aliens fully clothed? Like, I don't that are not clothes, you know what I mean? Yes. So, what if they did have clothes on? Maybe? Maybe, maybe. We, okay. we, can, go to, we can go to North Shore. <laughs> oh, my God. And then last one, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Arizona. Mm. Sedona, Arizona. <gasps> I love yeah. Sedona. It's... uh. It's on my bucket list. Uh, I've read so many articles about it, especially the, the spiritual uh, aspects of it. Uh, so I, I got to get there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Jay. I love Sedona. I've been there quite a few times. It's magical. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what it, you know, I got to get there. Got to get there. Oh, you got to get there. Amazing. Well, Jay, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, you shared so much wisdom. So many people are going to get so much out of it. And uh, audience, please check out Jay. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. If you like what you heard today, give us a review or download the episode. And if there's something you want to hear more about, have a question on, or a topic you would like for us to cover, you can record a voice memo and email it to us at hello at the atlasgroup.co. We're also on LinkedIn. You can search for Adrian Dinkelacher or Lorene Dinkelacher. Don't worry, our names will be written in the show notes. Our site is theatlasgroup.co, where you can also find more information on our free membership group and download a free resume template. If you identify as a woman or fall into any category that has been historically underrepresented in tech, you can sign up for a free 30-minute resume review session on our website also. Until next time, bye.